With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to Wondering to Gdansk. Uh, we're here to talk about Wolves' continued European adventure in the Europa League. Now, in just a few days' time, depending on when you're listening to this, Wolves are going to take on Espanyol in the last 32 of the Europa League. So I thought it would be a good time to catch up with Guardian European Journalist Correspondent and part of the On the Continent podcast and the Jules and Andy podcast on Football Randall Daily. Randall? Football Ramble Daily. Uh, Andy Brassel to talk about Espanyol. Now, Espanyol not doing very well at the minute. The bottom of La Liga... And it does seem odd for a team, traditionally, traditionally when you think of Espanyol, you don't really think of a, a team at the bottom of the table. Uh, but I wanted to talk to Andy about what's going so wrong at Espanyol at the moment and therefore why are they doing so well in the Europa League. So uh, Andy and I talk about these things or more. Welcome back to Wondering to Gansk. Welcome back to the European Adventure. Just before we get into... Espanyol and the Europa League. I just want to go back to something at the start of the season when we talked about Wolves starting their Europa League journey and I think you said that you wouldn't be surprised if Wolves got to the knockout stages and now Wolves are in the knockout stages. So I presume that's still the case, that you weren't surprised Wolves getting through the group. Yeah, not, not massively. I think um, Braga played a lot better in the, in, in the group than anyone expected them to and beat Tash played a lot worse. Um, I mean, Brigitte Tassel generally hasn't been great this season and, uh, you know, one of the results that heaped a lot of pressure on them was when uh, Wolves went to Vodafone Park and, and, and beat them. So I think when their fans look back and, and think of moments that were tough moments in their season, that that would be, that would be one of them. Um, Braga kind of performed a lot better in Europe than they had domestically. I mean, they lost six of the first 14, which meant the coach, Ricardo Sapinto, even though um, he, he got them into the, the knockouts to fire a couple of days before Christmas. Um, so I, I think when you look at this, those two especially, the, the two other big clubs in the group, um, I think it's, it's almost a sliding doors moment. You, you, you look at how it could have been for Wolves and, and how difficult it is for even like, good clubs in, in good leagues to... Um, or balanced domestic in Europe so with Wolves coming in um, their, their first season in absolutely yonks in, in, in Europe and, and making such a good job of it and almost using Europe to play themselves into form um, because you know they've got better and better in the, in the league off, off the back of that rather than wearing them out in the first effect uh, I think that's something that's really impressive and says a lot for the coaching staff as, as well as the players themselves I mean you are right with that kind of sucker punch moment because if you look at it with the Besiktas game that was almost the game that revived or at least kick-started Wolves' uh, Europa League uh, 
you know, challenge. Whereas with Besiktas, yeah. conceding that such a last minute goal as well, probably should ruin that group stage for them. Yeah, it's, it's, it was an absolute choker for them. But I, I think, you know, when when you're trying to get the players to, to, to buy into an idea, and you know, never really had a problem with that. But when when you're trying that extra little bit out of them, I mean, winning at a place like Bajikas is huge. I think because it, it's an incredible ground, it's it's very atmospheric, and I think the players have the feeling of yeah, we're properly in European competition now because you know I think a lot of people can be a bit sniffy about the Europa League compared to um, the Champions League but uh, you know it looks to me from the outside like Wolves have had an absolutely great time in it and um, you know I think nights like that do make the players look around at each other and think yeah we're fighting for something really worthwhile here and you know I, I think you can see from the last couple of seasons in the Europa League once you get to the last 16, the quarterfinals and beyond, I mean, the quality of ties is absolutely fantastic. I mean, you know, you look at you look at Arsenal getting past past Napoli um, last season, and, and and that was the moment where they really started to embrace the competition. Um, Chelsea had a bit of an easier ride, but you know, some of the ties in in the back end of the competition are, are absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, you look at the, the final between Chelsea and Arsenal, and then. Uh, Atletico and, and Marseille when we go back a year before that the back end of this competition is, is always absolutely fantastic and I think when you go and play a team like Bajikash it's kind of um, you start to get the scent of it in your nostrils a little bit uh, Wolves' uh, last 32 opponents in Espanyol. When the draw was made, our fans were quite we were really happy with this, looking at um, the, the type of team they were going to play. Um, you know, a trip over to Barcelona as well in February. But then straight away, we're all Googling what Espanyol are doing. And then we're all quite shocked that even now, they're bottom of the Liga. They've only won three league games this season. Um, I think they're on their third manager this season as well, which we'll talk about in a bit. Um, it's not a team from the outside I would expect to see bottom of La Liga. So, what is? I don't know whether whether you can sum up in a nutshell what's gone wrong over there this season. Why is it they are bottom of the league? Well, I think you can divide their season into parts, really. Um, and I think if you go back to, towards the start, so for me, they were one of the relegation favourites at, at the start of the season. Um, I, I thought they were in a, a, a bad place last season, and, and they ended up pulling away from that but things definitely got worse in, in, in the summer um, they tried to do things on the cheap really um, when they, that they they moved on from from, from last season because um, for them it was it, it was it was a really big deal that um, they move, moved on uh, coaching wise and um, they, they took on David Gallego at the start of at the start of this season, who was a, a, a bit of a cheap option really. After Ruby, who's a really terrific coach, went to um, Betis, and um, accordingly, Gallego didn't really have that much money to spend on, on the squad either. I mean, you look at some of the players that they they lost last summer. Um, they lost uh, Aaron Martin, Mario Almosi went to Atletico. Um, they lost uh, Borja Iglesias, who's the, the focal point up front, up front also went to Betis. Um, so they, they've got in, what, I don't know, that's 60 million for, for, for those players and didn't really spend much of it. 
And you, you thought this is a team that is just trying to bask it, and you can't really do that in the league. It's, it's, it's too good. Um, then you get a coach in uh, Pablo Machini who took over in October. He's, he's done good stuff at Girona, but he was doing it with a threadbare squad that was absolutely lacking in confidence. Um, so the Europa League, I mean, I think they were a fairly weak group, but it was, it was a bit of light relief for them. But, but in, in the Liga, they, they looked absolutely hopeless. Um, I guess the, the, the turning point for them is, A, taking on Avalado, who's a, a good coach, their third coach of the season, but a really good one after matching didn't work out at all. And the second thing is actually spending some money in, in, in the winter window. That made a big difference to them. And, you know, we've, we've talked about it, you touched on it just there, the... The incredible thing, I, I, I always think, with when, when you get the draw for the Europa League and Champions League in the third week of December, the tie on paper compared to the tie that you're actually going to face two months later is totally different because so much can change in terms of form, fitness, in the meantime, confidence, injuries, and, of course, the, the, the winter transfer window. I mean, they, yeah, they've spent about, what, £30 million in, in the window in January, I know they got a, a last-minute draw recently with Barcelona at home. Is mm. what's what's the feeling with Fernandez? Is he the man to lead them to safety, or they're showing any signs of recovery at the moment? Because I think they're only about four points from safety from the relegation zone. Yeah, I mean, Ab- Abelardo's given them a chance. Um, they've got a chance because very much like the Premier League, there's a fair bit of rot at the bottom as well, um, which is definitely something that plays in their favour. Um, it's just about two key signings, really, uh, in, in, in in winter. Um, or, well, I, I suppose you could say three with um, Ambarba coming across from Rio as well. But for me, the two key signings, um, Leandro Cabrera, who's, who's arguably Getafe's best defender, they just paid his buyout clause and, and, and got him in. And then uh, Raul de Tomas, who they, they, they brought back to, to Spain after six not-that-happy months at Benfica. Now, Raul de Tomas has, has started brilliantly. Um, uh, since arriving back at Espanyol I mean you, you looked at him and they, they, they paid a lot of cash for him they paid 20 million euros um, but he is as, as far as as you can say sure thing with the transfer which you never can 100% say sure thing he's as close to that as, as you could get because he's a bloke who can score goals in La Liga and he can score goals for a struggling team in La Liga because he did it with Rio before so um, accordingly he's got at the time of recording uh, three in the first three games and you know it's, it's not rocket science <laughs> you buy a top class defender and you buy a top class striker and it's going to improve your team um, exponentially and that's exactly what's what's happened for them um, I think it does put a slightly different slot on, on this tie as well going forward um, because uh, the Wolves are still favourites I don't, don't have any doubt about that but it, it does make Espanyol you've got class in other areas of the team you look at uh, Sergi Dada Lele, they're, they're good players but now they have sort of totems that they can they can build around and both of those guys have made an immediate impact when I was doing some research on Espanyol as well, there was a lot of mention of uh, Wu Li, I believe, who um, they, they signed yeah. from the, the, the Chinese Super League. He was there. He was the top scorer in the Chinese Super League. Well, there's a lot of talk yeah. about how important of a player he's for La Liga in general in terms of raising the awareness of La Liga across Asia. Yeah. Well, I think the interesting thing about him is 
you always get that when uh, a, a Chinese player arrives in uh, a, a club in one of the top leagues in Europe. People talk about raising profile. But make no mistake about it, Rule is a really good player. Um, I, I think that that's, that's how you know it has to be, is that people don't really talk about him as someone who is important in terms of media. And of course, it was a massive deal when he, he scored against Barcelona because he was the first Chinese player to score against Barcelona. But that was more of a curio. The fact is, he's someone who's, who's quick, um, it can make stuff happen in the, in, in the final third and um, really he's had very little to work with around him this season but, but now um, I think the fact that the Thomas is seeing an upturn in the ball is a guy who intermittently looked like the real deal in France uh, when he was playing for Lyon and um, looked as if he was someone who could make his way into, into the a sort of type player, although not quite of that level, certainly not yet, but someone who's around players who can score goals from, from out the box. Um, so I think because they've got a, a more more now, Eagles were, I think, to, to make more of an impact where he was just really feeding off scraps for the first uh, part of this season. Um, but he's a player who um, deserves for his for his performances, not just for his profile. This is what renting furniture with Feather looks like. Pieces that fit your style and your space and cost less than your monthly phone bill. Oh, and did we mention delivery and assembly included? Feather. Start renting at livefeather.com. I mean, we've, we've talked about people like Raul Thomas as well. Um, what, what kind of style of play would we expect from uh, Espanola when they come over to Molineux? And what kind of what other key men do you think uh, Wolves fans should be looking out for on that day? Um, they're, they're, they're going to be about like defending smartly and, uh, and playing on the counter generally, uh, especially against Wolves, especially against Wolves team that's got so many good players. Um, well, they, they, they generally tend to play in in, in, in four four two, um, but you know they are adaptable. Having said that, um, and I, I think you, you look at their performances over over the last month, and um, I, I've been really impressed. But I, th- I think it's getting used to each other a bit. Um, they are improving and you know that they're, they're not going to be pushovers I mean the question really I think for for, for Wolves is um, are Espanyol going to be the, the much better side that they look on paper happen on, on the pitch since they've taken over or now they're actually not marooned at the bottom and, and they're back in with a chance of staying in La Liga does that I, I think that's really the simplest way of, of putting it and, and, and the most the most reasonable way of, of, of putting it because now they've got genuine hope of, of, of staying up whereas you looked at them in like November and their Europa League results were a bit of a surprise because you're like, well, yeah, they're, they're, they're showing their chops and they're showing that they've got good players against less effective opposition but they're completely stuffed as far as the league goes. Whereas now, that's not so much the case. You look at what's happening to, to Celta Vigo in, in, in particular, Mallorca have started finding it really hard over, over winter. And now, Espanyol are in with a 
genuine chance of, of staying up. And, and the fact that they've gone out and spent that money on Cabrera and Raul de Tomas shows that they actually believe staying up is a, is a possibility and they're committed to, to making it happen. Um, as I said, I think when, when Wolves play them, I, I, it'd be really interesting to see what happens in midfield when um, Moutinho and uh, Ruben Neves come up against uh, Anderito Aspe, who's really, really experienced with Athletic and um, Sergio Dada, who, as I said before, I, I really like. But for me, uh, De Tomas is, is, is the guy to watch because uh, this is a guy who's, who's quick, he makes good runs, and what it means is, is, is when they can get a grip of a game in midfield, They've actually got someone on, on, on the end of stuff because uh, at the start of the, the season, I mean, they, they couldn't even get any results at, at home. They were struggling for a really long time. I think it was November before they got their first point at home. So that that was a real issue for them. But they look different now. They they look really really confident. And um, even in a, in a couple of games recently, where the result hasn't gone that well for them, I mean. A, a little while ago, they you know they went and uh, lost at Granada, but they, they won it up at half time. Played brilliantly, really played Granada off the park with a decent side in, in in the first half, and that is a performance they wouldn't have been capable of uh, two months ago. So it, it shows that you know they can that they, they can be expressive in in, in possession as well. And um, you know Nuno knows Spanish football really well. He might not take them lightly. Yeah, it's funny because when when we started talking, you mentioned how when that draw happened, a lot can happen in two months, and perhaps one of the messages can be is that when fans go into the, this game, don't take the the league table, don't take it on face value. That this is perhaps a a completely different Espanol side that you will be expecting to see based on the league table. Yeah, and that's absolutely right. I mean, there, there, there is quality in there. I mean, you know, we've, we've talked about Cabrera, um, Itur Aspe, Dada, um, Araldo Tomas, but, you know, we've got Jonathan Caleri as, uh, as well, who's, who's a really, really lively player. Um, Dirac Villa, a really experienced defender. Um, Paolo Lopez has played for um, Real Madrid and, and, and Milan in goal. You know, there's, there's some pedigree in that squad. So, with, with, with a bit of organisation, um, you know, they, they could they could do okay. I'm, I feel more confident that they can make it difficult for Wolves off the back of the team they've got and off the back of the way they've been playing in the league rather than their off, off the back of their Europa League performances in um, in, in the group because the group was nowhere near the standard as the, the, the one that Wolves played in and you know I, th- I think that's something that's notable about the Europa League and yeah. I, I don't know if it's something you've noticed but people are always talking about the gap between the haves and the have-nots in the Champions League group stage I think it's a lot more pronounced in the Europa League group stage because you know I think it was an indication of what a bad state Arsenal were in when, when the draw was made you think oh well there's some half difficult games but really they should be winning six out of six and in fact they were sweating it out on match day six which showed really how poor Arsenal how poorly Arsenal had played in that so um, look I, I mean Espanyol have, have come on a, a long way in a, in a short time but for me it's all about can they give it a lot in a, a tie of this intensity and it will be a, a difficult tie and, and do they really have the commitment to, to go deeper in the competition when for them staying up 
is in play, which, you know, it seemed like a long shot just a couple of months ago. Yeah, I was going to ask you that question because, you know, if Espanyol were an English team, the view from a fan point of view may be that, oh, look, you know, we're in a relegation battle. Let's get let's get out of the cup. Let's get rid of that. Let's concentrate on the league. So do you think it mm. might be something that, that mentality might be there or might it be the case of, look, we've... Let's use it as a way to galvanise form and and kind of really continue the form we've got. Yeah, I mean, I I tend to think you can't really pick and choose matches uh, at this point. I mean, as as you say, they've they've not been winning left, right, and centre in the league. And Abelardo is a guy who you know has uh, you know he had a, he had a really good playing history. He's a guy who played like two hundred times for Barcelona. He's a legend at his hometown club at, at Sporting. He's not going to say, oh, fuck it off, lads, I will worry about it. You know, he's someone who is affecting a culture change in the club because they're a team with no investment, no, no medium-term future, no hope at the start of the season. And, and he's really changed things. And, you know, you pinpointed that game against Barcelona right after he'd taken over. I mean, that kind of started Barcelona's current model. They have had their difficulties on the road this season. But for Barcelona in the derby to, to, to get a performance from Espanyol, where Espanyol said, actually, we're, we're, we're proud and you, you can't just walk all over us. That was a really great start. And that was before they got Leandro Cabrera or Ronaldo Tomas in. So it showed that there's you know something in the existing players and there's... there's an attitude in an organisation because they were brilliant in the first half of that game particularly uh, there's an attitude in an organisation that Abelardo's instilled into them um, I don't think it would be massively advantageous for them to go out, lose 4-0 to Wolves and then say oh well and concentrate on the league now lads because their confidence is fragile enough that you know, getting, getting hammered flat isn't really going to do them a favour I think even if it's potentially quite taxing, they've got to come and have a go at this time. They've really got to come and have a go at it. From the neutral, I think it's a lot more interesting than it was a month and a half ago. Yeah, because it could have been just a straight conclusion, really, yeah. maybe a month ago. Yeah, it could have been. It could have been. And, and, and now it's, it's slightly more more difficult to call. It is interesting for, for the neutral. And I, I think... You know, it's, it's one of those ties that has changed demonstrably since the, the draw was made. It should be a really interesting one. And just to, before we finish off, just to go back to Espanyol's group stage, and they, you kind of touched on it there before. I mean, they won their group. They, they only lost one game, and they yeah. won it by three points. What what was it about? Was it the standard of opposition uh, f- for that group? Uh, yeah, I, I think that was I think that was part of it. And you, you know, they they really got to. Enjoy themselves in, in in some of those games. You know, some of those games they they, they, they won really really comfortably in the end. You know, there was, a, there was six nil in there. Um, but you know, you, you have to look at, at what they're actually facing as well. I, I think that was uh, that was a huge part of it. And um, you know, I, I think you deserve respect for for, for winning. Any group, and I think if you look at Ludogorets and uh, uh, CSK in Moscow in, in particular, they're teams that have been involved in the Champions League relatively recently. So, you know, even if it's a weaker Ludogorets than in previous years, even if uh, Cisco Moscow have, have had some 
difficulties and have been partially rebuilding in the, in the Russian Premier League. Still, to to turn them over is is is, is really really impressive. You know, I, I mean they they, they won in Moscow and in, and in Bulgaria and even Ludogorets actually they beat six 0 wasn't it? So it's, it's a it's a it's a pretty impressive impressive effort. But um, at the same time, the names on paper look better than the the, the quality of the opposition actually was in the group. Um, but it did show that you know there is some ability in the squad, and that ability has has been reinforced over over winter, which is you know, particularly relevant to to this tie against Wolves. And just to finish off, obviously there's 32 teams still left in the competition. If you were to have your pick of who you think is going to go all the way and win the Europa League out of all these teams, is there one particular that stands out for you? Uh, it's, it's really tough. Uh, I mean, I think I, I think Wolves are in with a shout I don't think there's any doubt about that um, I, I definitely fancy them for the last day I mean that's what I told you right at the beginning of the campaign yeah. I've seen no real reason to, to change my mind I think if you're looking at the other teams that compete Ajax have got a lot of injury problems at the moment and that is a, a massive difficulty for, for, for them because they've got to pick it up and go into a really difficult tie against Getafe who are flying high in La Liga at the moment you know you're talking about teams Defying expectations in their league, they're, they're in third place at the time of recording, which is an absolutely phenomenal effort when you consider their budget and the fact that they lost players last summer and they lost Cabrera, who we were just talking about going to Espanyol in in, in, the, in the winter. Um, the other ones I think are Roma, Eintracht Frankfurt, and Inter, depending on how seriously they take it, because you know we talked about Espanyol having to maybe decide what their priorities are. I think that's even more the case for, for Inter, who are in a very intense title race in, in Serie A.